Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery. My name is Heather and I know very little about true crime. Last season I knew nothing, now I know a little. <laughs> My name is Jillian and I'm a little bit more of a true crime expert than I was last year. True. We started this podcast so that I could learn more about true crime because Jill is obsessed and I am terrified and it's actually worked out pretty well and I haven't been too scared and so hopefully you won't be too scared either and maybe you'll learn something. If you're new to our podcast, each week Jill tells us a new story, including both local and national cases. Now let's get started with season two. So this case was a request from a listener named Kimberly, so thank you so much for requesting this case. This is one I'd never heard of before. But I knew things about it. Um, so we're going to start on February 7th of 1943 in St. Louis, Missouri. This is where Walter Simon Nothis Jr. was born to his parents, Catherine and Walter Sr. I couldn't find very much on his early life or growing up, but we do know he was extremely musically talented. He eventually went on to join Bob Cuban and the Inman in 1965. They had gained some popularity locally, but this was when the brink of the Vietnam War was going on. So members started working as teachers while others went to college to escape the draft. So this kept them from touring too much, but that wasn't really a big deal at the time. That was until they had a hit song that Walter was the lead vocalist in. Also, he went by Walter Scott, probably because his last name is hard to pronounce, but that's just my assumption. This song was called Look Out For The Cheater, mainly referred to as The Cheater, which is crazy because if you know me, you know I'm a vintage girly and I know that song, but I didn't know anything about the band or anything like that. It was just like one of the bops at the time. And mm -hmm. so I knew of the song, but everything following is about to be crazy new information to me. So. Well, not anymore because you did the research. Right. True. But it'll be new to me. Yeah. Even though I don't think you've ever heard this song. It, it's catchy. Okay. Uh, Are you going to play us the song? Right now? Yeah. Sure. It was catchy. Um, so that was recorded in St. Louis by Musicland Label. It was originally supposed to be titled, Look Out For Me, I'm a Cheater. <gasps> what? It was written in first person, but Bob Cuban, who put the band together in high school. Uh, or, well, he had a band in high school. I don't know when he, when he put this band together, but Bob Cuban put the band together. He decided to change the energy and change it to third person. The song became an instant hit and was on the Billboard's Hot 100 pop chart list for 11 weeks and almost reached top 10 in March of 1966. It was like 12, top 12 or something like that. It also earned a gold record. Quickly, gigs started popping up all over the U.S. and the band began playing with other famous bands, along with making some appearances on a few television shows. 
including American Bandstand. Then the song went international, and they actually scheduled a nine-week tour in Australia where they were extremely popular and reached number one on the charts, which is just funny because I it's so crazy how people here will be famous and, like, you could go to Walmart and not know who they are, but, like, in Japan they have, like, millions of followers. I had that happen to me in Florida with this guy, and we just met him and we're, like, heading it off. And, like, he was like, yeah, like, I make music. And it was, I think it was in South Korea. He was, like, ridiculously famous. Interesting. But he was from here? Yeah. Yeah. He was oh, from here. That is so, that's crazy. It is. And and every once in a while, um, my friend Charlie will ask me what's his name because we always forget it. But, yeah, no, it wasn't even one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, like, he's, like, famous over there, blah, blah, blah. No, like, his his Facebook page had, like, millions of likes. And it was just all people from there. It was crazy because that's really that's really interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, and our listenership is primarily from the United States, and we, we are not popular in South Korea. No, but I met a listener at the gym, and I that know, was that was so cool. That was the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Thank you for saying hi. Yes, I literally almost cried because that was so neat. Jill called me right away. <laughs> I did. I was like, oh my gosh, I interrupted her dinner for that. <laughs> Um, But anyway, so they ended up not being able to go on tour internationally because of the war and the draft deferment rules. With tour plans on hold, they worked on... Can you evade the draft by being in a van? No. Okay. (laughs) That's why they had to get other jobs. Okay. That's why they were getting jobs as, like, teachers and students, because teachers and students couldn't get drafted. Oh, okay. I don't know all the rules, I guess. I should probably know the rules because I am a United States citizen, but... I don't know that if there was differences between the draft, like, when my grandpa got drafted in World War II versus, like, the Vietnam... Vietnam? Vietnam? How do you say it? Vietnam? (laughs) Vietnam. I mean, you just sound like an old person, so it probably is right. I don't know. I just... When you learn geography in school, they say Vietnam, but if you talk to an old person, they say Vietnam War, so... I did not know. Well, if they were there, I feel like we should trust them. But I just don't know if it's like a Missouri thing. It could be. Well, you know? And like that yeah. grinds a lot of people's gears. Missouri. Missouri. We talked about that before. Yeah, it really doesn't bother me that much. That's how I feel. Um, but with their tour plans on hold, they worked on more number one hits. Or at least they tried to. Yeah. They recorded a song called The Teaser, kind of like a follow-up to the cheater but bob hated it and he didn't want it to be released their manager however didn't care and released it anyway not really that big of a hit it made it to number 70 on the charts followed by one of their covers of the beatles song drive my car that reached number 93 this was kind of really the end of things for bob cuban and the Inmen. this is when the manager mel friedman started stirring up trouble and he schemed to break up the band. Well, not, oh, rude. It's not really that he tried to break up the band. He tried to break Walter away from the band. Uh, he, How rude. He was a rude person. He reminds me of Elvis's manager. But Mel saw great potential. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I need to do a podcast episode on Elvis because I don't know anything about Elvis. And I know watch, how much you love him. Watch the movie. <laughs> what movie? The Elvis movie. Which one? The new one? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I Ghost haven't seen it. Goes through everything. It goes through everything. Pretty much. Oh, it then starts maybe as I his, should watch it. It starts at his childhood. Okay. It's good. It's good. 
It's good. It's a good movie. Okay. So Walter left to go solo and Bob and the Inman never found the same type of success without Walter. Walter's success was never the same either. And Bob Cuban and the guys never really knew while Walter left until years later when they were planning on a 20-year reunion of the band. But the reunion was put on hold and for reasons we're about to get into. After leaving the band, Walter began performing on the road, where he did for about 14 years. Usually these were small gigs and one-night performances with other bands. This kept him away from home and away from his family, including his wife, Doris. I am a little confused if he had a kid with Doris or not, because I couldn't find anything to confirm it, but pictures looked like it was them and a kid, so I'm not sure about that. Uh, It was really hard finding information on this person because... Every time I Googled it, somebody else came up, and then when I tried to Google, it was, like, either somebody who was, like, killed by the police, uh, I think, like, a couple years ago, or somebody that was, like, killed in, like, 17-something. So, it was really hard trying yeah, to find... really interesting. Yeah. So, um, but, so, I don't really know if they had a child together or not, but we do know that Walter was definitely talented, and back then, he was considered handsome. He also didn't have the best morals, at least not when it came to monogamy. He was known. I was going to say, um, that song was about first person, so I was wondering about that. Which is a little ironic, because he was singing that song while he was having an affair with a woman named Joanne Calcutty. I think that's how you write songs in the first person. What do you mean? You, You have the experiences. Yeah, but I don't think he wrote the song. Oh. And this he was just like... He had the vocals? Yeah, he was the lead vocalist. But he didn't write the song. I don't... I want to... I don't know if he did, but this was definitely before all of the cheating allegations, which, you know, if he cheated when he was somewhat famous, who knows what he did when no one knew who he was. But he met Joanne while touring and eventually divorced Doris and married Joanne. Walter's family did not approve of this. They didn't trust her, and they didn't think that she was a good person or good for Walter. I mean, I could see why they would feel that way. Yeah. Walter, however, seemed to be obsessed with Joanne. But this did not keep him from continuing down the affair road. This time with one of his dancers named Suzanne Clem. But before you feel bad for Joanne, don't, because she was having an affair too. Hers was with a married electrician named Jim Williams, who she had initially hired to do some electrical work before they hit things off. What about Doris? I feel like we don't know anymore about Doris, but I have a feeling that she was just a good woman. Okay. Put in a bad position. Okay. You know? I just needed to know. I I mean, I don't think she did anything wrong, so we're team Doris over here. Jim and his wife, Sharon Williams, had been married for 20 plus years before he became a widower. On October 1983, this was when Sharon was unfortunately killed in a car accident. Her car flew off an embankment, and once EMS arrived, they found Sharon's car, along with flames from grass that had caught on fire. Sharon was found passed out on the floor of her car, surrounded by flames, but the weird thing is, is that the drop wasn't that bad, and there were only minor damages to the car. Sharon, however, had suffered serious trauma to her skull, And her husband, Jim, decided to pull the plug on her life support after doctors said there wasn't really anything else they could do to save her. She was pronounced dead the next day and no autopsy was done. 
A few months later, during Christmas, Walter had came home to spend holidays with his wife and their two kids, but his family said that he just wasn't appearing to be himself. He looked like he was consumed with something else. Two days after Christmas, Walter left to go to a garage for a battery for his car, but he never returned. His wife reported him missing, and the owner of the garage said that he never saw Walter and Walter never got there. The next day, they found Walter's car parked in the airport of car parked at the airport in St. Louis with no signs of Walter. He was also not listed as any passengers on planes. At first, no one was worried, thinking that he had taken a trip and would be back. This was who just takes a trip after they tell their wife they're going to get a battery. Probably somebody who has an affair, honestly. I know, but like I just feel like authorities should be concerned. Yeah. Or family members should be concerned. You well, know? his parents didn't even feel concerned. And this must have been normal. But yeah. In my mind, that is weird. <laughs> which, and I don't know really how it was, which obviously, like, that I is just weird. Don't, how would you, how would you go on a trip to take, to have an affair? Like, you wouldn't even know who was going to be there to have an affair with. True. You need to have an affair at home. You need to not don't have an affair, have an affair, at, affair all. at all. <laughs> but if you're going to have an affair, it has to be at home. Otherwise, how would you, like, it just doesn't make sense. No. Don't <laughs> have it at your house either. <laughs> not, okay. <laughs> First off, again. Just yes. a local hotel, Don't maybe. have an affair. I don't mean literally at home. I meant, like, in your home city or, like, the, near your, where you live so that you know who or who is not going to be there. What is it? Motel 6? Or what is the Troy Inn? <laughs> what is that one that's, like, the crack hotel? I have no idea. Most, motels. The one they found a dead body at. Multiple dead bodies. Yeah, two dead bodies. Yeah. Two dead bodies at that hotel. Okay, so today's lesson is don't have affairs. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> I hope everybody who listens to this knows that I'm anti-affair, but... Heather is a good woman. <laughs> team Heather. <laughs> You're Team Doris over here. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um. Okay, we shouldn't be laughing. <clears throat> So, no one was concerned until they went to, oh, his parents weren't concerned until they went to his house and found his wife with Jim. (gasps) They were at the table going through Walter's jewelry, and it looked like Jim was, like, trying to appraise his jewelry to see how much it was worth. It was really sketchy. That is really sketchy. Mm -hmm. Walter had three guns, and two of them were on the table with the jewelry. Then they found out that... Jim's car was outside all night long, and since it had been seen out there, Joanne said that, well, he did spend the night, but don't worry, he slept on the couch. Okay. (laughs) Sure, Joanne. Yeah, Andrew kills your husband. (laughs) Joanne then called Walter's manager and canceled his shows for the next nine weeks. Yeah, she straight up killed her husband. Maybe... There's just no way that she didn't. Even if Jim killed her husband, she knows about it. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe it was some parents and and Walter was in a different state. Maybe he went to Mexico. Like Carol Baskin's husband. Anyway. (gasps) Didn't they just find that man? I don't know because I saw things about them finding him, but then people said it was like a hoax. So I don't really know. I saw something on TikTok, but I actually have never seen the... What is that show called? Tiger, Tiger King? King. I've yeah. never seen Tiger King. You know. I don't know how I did not watch it during that era of COVID, but I just didn't. I didn't. Darian didn't either. I gotta be honest. If I wasn't stuck in the house having a mental breakdown, pr- 
probably wouldn't have watched it. Um, if I rewatched it now, still having mental breakdown, but not in the middle of a pandemic, I it probably wouldn't be as good. So I don't really recommend it. Okay. <laughs> Just being honest. Honestly, I've never really felt like I was missing anything because I still got to enjoy the um, Savage Remix TikToks. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Carol Baskin. And the memes. Killed her husband. Whack. Whacked him. <laughs> don't copyright us, TikTok. Fed him to tires. They snack it. <laughs> so, um, I still felt like I got to enjoy that part. Oh, and fair. I didn't feel like I was missing the show because I felt like clearly the show just told me that Carol Baskin killed her husband. Whacked him. And fed him to tigers. Because <laughs> the tigers were snacking. <laughs> okay. Why do we keep... Oh, okay. Joanne. I keep wanting to call her Susan. That's not right. You did call her Susan. No, that was somebody else. Is there a Susan in here? Um, I'm getting confused. There's a Sharon. Oh, you did call... Then you might have called Sharon Susan earlier. Oh, shoot. Okay, well, no, 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 there was a Susan, his dancer. Okay. I was going to say, I know you said the name Susan. I'm going to be honest with you, I have absolutely no idea who's who in this I know, there's episode. a lot of there's names. There's a lot of names. Yeah, there's a lot of names because there's just so many affairs going on that it's hard yeah. to keep track. Yeah. And then, like, everybody's connected in a web, it feels like. A web of lies and... Seduction. <laughs> well, to carry on with that. Joanne and Jim decided to go and, like, look for him together, and they, oh, like... Oh, okay. Yeah, they got a motel room, but don't worry, because Jim said that, like, they he were sleeping... on the couch. No, they were sleeping in different beds, mm. and he kept a shirt on. Oh. Okay. So... The case went cold when Walter's mother, I know, that's their favorite thing, contacted a psychic... And the psychic told her that her son was in cold, still water with something red near where he is. And he wasn't too far from his house. She then realized that Jim, our friend, you know, Jim, had red doors on his house. Oh. And police searched his property, but they found nothing. Joanne got a divorce nine months after he went, Walter went missing. How do you divorce someone who's missing? Um, she said that she was abandoned by him and infidelity. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure... I don't know how that would... I just don't know how that works, but okay. I think it's the same thing, like... Don't you have to sign papers? Well... Because there are people who come back, like, years, decades later, and they're like, we're actually still married. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't know how that goes into effect. I don't know if it's, like, annulled, if they're, like, missing. Because I know people get, like, officially signed dead or something after so long of missing they can be declared dead or something oh i don't know if it's the same kind of thing like oh well he's not coming back so i'm just gonna get divorced without him and how long was it nine months or nine nine months okay nine months that is a long time yeah you know they were just looking for walter together in hotel rooms for the nine months but the case went cold again from there this was until three years later when St. Louis hired Dr. Mary Case as a new forensics pathologist. She was hired and they asked her to examine all the suspicious death cases. One in particular was a huge stack that was all on Sharon and her car accident. Okay. A- after looking, she realized that there's so much that didn't add up, including Sharon's injuries. They exhumed Sharon's body I didn't want to interrupt you. No, Sharon okay. was married to Jim? Yes. Okay. Sorry. 
Now I'm just making sure that I've got this straight. I should have brought in a whiteboard for this one. I really do need a <laughs> diagram. But Sharon was married to Jim, and then Jim pulled the plug, and the doctor said there was nothing they could do. But right. it didn't make sense because the embankment was small, and her injuries were more extensive than they should have been. Right. Okay. So when they did the autopsy, also, I, I don't think Sharon did anything wrong either. Obviously, she was a victim, but there's nothing that said that she ever had an affair. So we're Team Doris and Sharon. Team Doris, Team Sharon. Yes. Um, I don't know where Doris is, but RIP Sharon. When they did the autopsy, they found two blunt force impacts to the back of her head that didn't add up to a death consistent with her car accident. So they were more likely consistent with being hit with a pipe or a crowbar. So her case was switched to homicide. Jim said he had no involvement, but he was a suspect. I mean, it's always the husband. I have a shirt that says that. Should have worn it. It just always is the husband. Yeah. So, but they didn't have much on him. And so the case went cold again. Mm -hmm. This was until they talked to Jim's son, Jimmy Jr., who was serving time in prison for something else unrelated. Great family. A family of bad eggs. The men are bad eggs. Jim and Jimmy Jr. But I don't know what he did. It could have been like... It doesn't matter. (laughs) Well... He's still a bad egg. He... Was basically making fun of the police because he said, like, implied that his dad killed Walter and he was, like, making fun of the police how they didn't put it together. And they're like, he's like... I mean, really, though. Well, they're like, you didn't find it suspicious that my dad built a flower box over a cistern in the middle of winter? Oh, interesting. Yes. And the psychic lady said cold water. Still cold water. Yeah, still cold water with the red door Mm -hmm. or with a red something. Yeah, nearby. Listen, this is the first psychic person that I've ever felt like kind of had it right. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure like the details behind how they were able to get like a warrant, but they did open up the cistern and this is where they found Walter's body in the water. (gasps) He really was there. Mm -hmm. Oh, that psychic was real life. And he was wearing the same clothes that he went missing in. Oh. He was hogtied and weighed down with cinder blocks. Well, he was hogtied and there was rope attached to the cinder blocks. The same type of rope attached to him. So they believed that he was weighed down, but it had like dissolved or something. Jimmy really just turned his dad in. He did. He gave no Fs. Jimmy said, I don't care. You're going to jail too. I don't think Jimmy had a good relationship with his dad. I mean, clearly. I just And also, why did his dad tell him that he murdered somebody and then hid them where he hid them? No, he didn't. He just was like, he put it together himself. And he was like, yeah, I know my dad murdered this person. Like, that's the only thing that makes sense. But like. I mean, it really was the only thing that made sense. Right. Uh, Along with Walter, they found his ID and credit cards in a Ziploc bag with him. After an autopsy, they found that he had a bullet wound to his back. Jim was arrested for Walter and Sharon's murder. Mm-hmm. But he denied it. You can't deny that. How did a dead body just end up at your house? He said, now, this is solid evidence proof of the fact that we know that this man did not do this. He couldn't, could not have killed Walter. Because you know what? If he would have killed Walter, he would have shot him between the eyes. Why would he shoot him in the back and take a risk missing his heart? He just wouldn't do that. Oh, yeah. That's literally what he said. How? People are so weird. <laughs> People are so weird. I 
I clearly wasn't the one who murdered him and put him at my house because if I had murdered him, I would have shot him between the eyes. Right. Not, I would never. I would never hurt that man. That was a good man. Not even in general. Like, oh, I could never do that. No, if I did, I would have done it better. Like, okay. Um, Joanne was also charged during Jim's trial, which was first. Good. It was speculated that Jim and his first wife, Sharon, had gotten into an argument after the affair had began, you know, so maybe about the affair, and that Jim got angry and hit her upside the head with, you know, some sort of crow or pipe, maybe a baseball bat, and then he tried to make it look like a car accident. It's also noted that Sharon smelled like gasoline, so they think that he set this whole thing up and poured gasoline and set the grass on fire around her. Yeah, because the grass was on fire. Mm Mm-hmm. And that only left Walter keeping Joanne and Jim apart. So they had decided, or it was said that they decided to shoot him, but there was no witnesses. And this was a little weird because they pointed out that the rope didn't match the kind that Walter had at his house. Did or did not? Did not. Okay. It's been by extra rope at the store. And it's been like three years or whatever. Yeah. So that just doesn't make sense. And also the body was literally on his property. So, it was said that... Inside of something. Right. You can't accidentally get inside of something else. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there was witnesses that said Jim built the flower box... In the middle of winter. In 20 degree weather while it was snowstorming. Yeah, that man did it. It's not suspicious at all. You know, sometimes during my manic episodes, I decide, hey, it's freezing... I'm just going to go build a flower box over a cistern that has literally been there and exposed, according to Jimmy Jr., exposed his entire life. And his dad just decided, hey, I just want to build a concrete flower box over this. It's great. And there's literally no reason to have flower box in the middle of winter either. Right. Well, Jimmy Jr. said he was kind of like making fun of the police. He was like, hmm, where would he put a body... If it was in the middle of winter and all the lakes and ponds were frozen, hmm, it couldn't be in the flower box he built in the middle of winter over a cistern. A cistern is like a little tank of water thing for to collect rainwater. Couldn't have been over that, even though that's literally been exposed my entire life. Hmm. So. I mean, I don't like it when people make fun of the police because I feel like they're doing their best job, although sometimes they suck. Um, but... I'm glad that he did in this case because he led them directly to where they needed to go. Right. For sure. You know? It did kind of... We'll get to that in a second. But the mystery, though, was, one, how they got Walter's car to the airport along with how Jim got home after setting up Sharon's car accident. Jim did say and admitted that he did see Walter the night before, but that he was talking to a suspicious guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And he didn't know how his body got into his water tank. Oh, okay. He he took the stand himself and he's like, yeah, that ain't me. If I would have done it, I would have done it better. I just, you know, if nobody knows that you're having an affair, then nobody would know that you were the right person to frame for murder. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just wouldn't know because they wouldn't know that you would be likely to murder that person. Exactly. And... We all knew that, so that's why he was charged with two counts of capital murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Okay. Joanne took a plea bargain and pled guilty to hindering the investigation 
and was sentenced to only five years and a $5,000 fine, but she only served 18 months. A $5,000 fine? How do you get a fine for murder? Murder? <laughs> I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Uh, thankfully, though, Walter's parents were able to get some answers and closure. Yeah. And they were able to, you know, properly bury their son, as they should. Maybe that's where the money went. I don't know. Um, Jim said that he was innocent, but he believes his son might have had something to do with it. Oh, yes, because Jimmy really had a lot involved in whether or not the husband of the woman that you were sleeping with was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy really had a lot to gain from killing that man. Well, he said it was just really suspicious how he, like, knew in- about where it was. So yeah, they really must not have liked each other. Yeah. Because <laughs> they really threw each other under the bus. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Jr. did it respectfully. <laughs> well, disrespectfully, but like <laughs> respectfully so. Like you should have thrown your dad under the bus. He was a terrible person. Walter's parents believe Joanne was the one who shot Walter, though. In September 2011, Jim died in prison at the age of 72. Walter's father had passed years prior, but his mother was still alive and said that Jim was in bad... This lady reminds me so much of myself. She said Jim was in bad health for a long time, but she wished he would have lived longer so that he could suffer in prison longer. But she said... Yeah, she is a lot like you. I know. <laughs> but she said you don't always get what you want and that he's got to answer for to God for what he did. He killed his wife and he murdered our son. All because he wanted to be with somebody else. Like, I just, I don't know, just get a divorce. That's exactly. And same thing with the Chris Watts thing. Like, literally just leave. Like, there's no point. Yeah, just break up. Like, it's going to suck to break up, but, I I mean, it literally does not make sense to murder your partner. Just get a divorce. Exactly. Uh, Walter's son, who was 48 at the time and lived in the Fenton area, Uh, said that he didn't really have much to say about Jim dying. He just said that his father was killed. Walter's son? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Walter the third. Oh. He said, because he did have a son. I didn't know that. Yeah, he had a son. Remember, he went home for Christmas to spend time with his kids and his wife right before he was killed. I remember you said that he went home and he was acting weird. Walter was the man that was murdered. Walter was the singer, yes. Okay. And he was on road touring. Oh. And then came home for Christmas. And that was the man who had like 17 wives. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, he had two. Walter. Wait, no. Walter was married to Doris. Walter was married to Doris. Then, then Walter cheated on her. With a sketchy lady. With Joanne, yes. With his, which is Joanne. I thought there was a third lady. There was, but that was Suzanne, the dancer. Oh, but okay. they never got Walter and Joanne never got a divorce. Okay, until after he was so, unfortunately murdered. Walter the third is Doris's child. So that's where I'm confused because I can't figure out. I know that he has a kid, but I can't figure out if it was. Why don't we just Wikipedia them? I tried to like look it up, and it it confused me because yeah. when you look up these people and try to find i'm so sorry i promise i was listening to you that oh no you're fine that part was just a lot of people well this is very much like when kimberly like requested this she's like a great love triangle story 
Um, this is more like a love, like, web. octagon. Yeah, this is a web. <laughs> yeah, there's so much. <laughs> so much going on. Again, I should have brought a whiteboard. But he said that it was it was unfortunate because he was just getting to know his father better. And he had been on the road so much for the early years of his life. He said, quote, it was just getting to the point where it was going to be pretty cool to hang out with him. And then that happened. That being that he was murdered. So that is, that is the, the love. Uh, this is a good Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. A past Valentine's Day, but oh well. But that is the case. They call it the cheaters. There's a forensic files episode on it. And it's called like the cheaters murder mm-hmm. thing. I do want to say a couple things after this um, that were unfortunate and made me sad. Um, so Walter's mom made the headlines again when she was 90 years old because her caretaker had stolen from her. Rude. Yes. So they had hired, this has nothing to do with the actual case, but they hired <laughs> Linda. Mm-hmm. Well, Linda Marshall, okay, 53-year-old Linda Marshall, to watch or take care of Catherine after she was recovering from an illness. And she had lived next door to them. They had, like, paid her and all of that stuff. And then they found out that she had stolen. She stole um, priceless family heirlooms, money, and... An engagement ring that was her mother's, that was over 100 years old. She took all of it. And she did admit that she stole all this stuff from a 90-year-old woman. And she said where she could find some of the stuff, but also said that she sold some of the stuff. Very bad on you. This lady, you suck. (coughs) The other thing that I wanted to know (laughs) was that according to Wikipedia, his mother... Died in 2022. This, this happened in 2014. She was 90 years old in 2014. Wow. And she died in June 27th, 2022. I don't know if that's accurate, but she would be, she was born in 1924 and died in 2022. I'm going to let you figure that out. That doesn't make sense. You don't need to do math. Oh. It's 98. 98? Is that add up with it being 90 in 2014? Yeah. You know, I am <laughs> dyslexic. Math <laughs> is not my strong suit, but this lady was almost 100 years old, which I just think is amazing. Honestly, RIP to her. I relate to her so much. She sounds like she would have been a, a lovely woman to have as a friend. And Miss <laughs> Linda Marshall, you suck. How dare you steal from old people? How dare you steal from people at all, but especially from old people that you're supposed to be taking care of because they can't take care of themselves. You're a terrible person. You know, t- Jim, Linda, Jimmy Jr., not 100% sure what you did, but you're probably not the best person. Oh, he's probably, he's still alive. And <laughs> Joanne, you guys all need to do better. I don't know where Joanne is. Learn to be a good egg. Literally. It's not that hard. There's a lot of bad eggs in this episode. There's a lot of bad eggs in this episode. There is. And I do want to say that though we frown upon having affairs, um, RIP to Walter because you shouldn't have gotten murdered. One, 
not even for you Walter, having an affair. You had an affair. <laughs> he had an affair, but he didn't even get killed for having an affair. No, I know. He got he got killed because His the woman wife. he had an affair with, whom then he married, had an affair and murdered him. Yeah. Which I think that this lesson shows to go, goes to show. Goes to show. Shows to go. Shows how many shows to go? A lot. Um this just goes to show that you should not have affairs, but it forever. It's bad you do. It is, but I do not believe that you deserve to be killed for having an affair. I'm not saying that. I'm oh, I know that. You you have brought sadness upon your life. I'm, I'm saying that. You should have stuck with Doris. We're Team Doris. Team Doris, but also, I feel like. And your family said they did not trust Joanne. You should have stayed. Right, which Doris. is why I think that they really liked Doris, but I could not find, like, a lot of information on this. It was very hard to find what I did. Um, however, Linda Marshall, you suck. I'm sure you're still alive. Why are we back to Linda Marshall? Because, you know, I think that Walter... I don't think we need to talk about Linda Marshall again. <laughs> that just hurt my feelings. Well, I understand that your feelings hurt, but I don't think we need to talk about her again. So thank you so much, Kimberly, for requesting this episode. Again, I had heard that song, obviously, because it was like... I haven't heard that song or this case. Well... But I thought that name was familiar. I don't know. Bob Cuban? He went off to do some other stuff without the Men. Um... And I'm pretty sure, I mean, like, as of 2011, I think, one of the articles was 2011, I'm pretty sure he was still touring, like, doing his own thing. Oh, okay. So, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but I'd heard that song just because, you know, like, you get, like, the vintage top 100 albums. Nobody does that, but that's okay. But me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a normal activity. (laughs) Yeah, but um, I've heard it with those. However, I had no idea the story was behind it. Not that it was really behind the song, but like that it went along with the song or what happened to them or why I never even knew their name. I just knew the song. So it was very interesting. Thank you so much for requesting this case. I liked that. It was very complicated to keep track of in my brain, but it was a good story. Yeah, and it was it was very it was a little hard once I figured out the right words to type in to get it narrowed down to him, because he went by two different names, mm-hmm. and then there was other people that had the same name, um, it was very interesting. And and I've watched the Forensic Files. I'll put that, I'll have Heather put that in the show notes. But the Forensic Files episode was also very interesting. And it had his mother and his, Walter's mother and father in it. And also had interviews of Jim pretending that he did nothing and that his son was a murderer. So. That is the most outrageous thing I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't... I mean, I guess if you want to be a liar, you just go in. Yeah, he went in force. until he died at 72, 73 of natural causes. Anyway, so yes, that was today's case. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Murder and Misery. If you haven't already, please follow our TikTok and like our Facebook page. And we may or may not be back next week with another episode. Um, I just would like to say that our episodes are going to be a little more sporadic because I now have two children and Jill is going on vacation. So we're sorry if you miss us. We'll be back soon. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.